Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. And first of all, I want to wish you a very happy and most of all, a very healthy New Year 2022. I hope you had a great start and that you haven't given up on your goals yet. huh? <laughs> and with that said, let's move on to today's episode. So for today's episode, we will speak to my friend Joran, the co-founder of Curvo.eu, a Belgian investing platform. While there is a lot of information out there on investing in general, ETFs, brokers, individual stocks, it takes a lot of effort and commitment to get started if you're new to investing. And just imagine you live in an amazingly complex and surrealistic country like Belgium and things get even more tricky. <laughs> These are some of the issues we will talk about with Joran. He actually struggled himself a lot to compile the information and to find his way when he first wanted to create a better future for himself by investing in the stock market. We will go through both his personal journey and the Curvo journey so far. So this episode is for you. If you're convinced investing in the stock markets is the way to go for making the most out of your savings, but maybe you're still stuck due to the overwhelm of information and the possibilities. The episode will be particularly well suited for millennials and Belgians, as we will also talk about branch 21, 23, and how they compare to investing in a simple ETF, for example. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Jeroen. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's soon uh, Christmas here, so um, I'm excited for uh, to take a break. Actually, <laughs> yeah, same here. It's been uh, it's been pretty busy. Very good, very good. Yes, and you've been busy. I think mainly because your uh, app, I mean your um, your your investing platform Curvo, has been launched in October 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, after uh, two and a half years of hard work. Okay, that's that's good to hear. So can you tell us, I mean, we will go more in details at the end of the show, uh, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about Curvo? What, uh, what is it in a nutshell? Sure. So um, Curvo is the uh, the easiest way to start passively investing in uh, in Belgium. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an investment app and it, it aims to solve all the uh, complexities related to passive investing for Belgians, Belgian millennials specifically. Okay, so that, that sounds exciting. So um, what I was interested in to understanding, uh, Joran, with you, is, is your journey actually to, to investing. I mean, how you started, uh, why you started investing, and, and then we will move slowly to, to let's say, the birth <laughs> or the creation of the Curvo app. So, so why did you start investing in the first place, and how did you, how did you start, actually? Yeah, so if, um, I started investing about four years ago. Um, so not that long ago. Okay. And the reason why is because I think just like many people like recently is, I've, you know, I was looking every year at my bank account, all my savings on my savings account. And I, uh, yeah, I saw the interest was, you know, almost zero. And at the same time, like I understood that inflation was eating away at my, mm -hmm. my savings every year. So I, I wanted a, a solution and I was also getting a bit worried about my uh, pension. It kind of started to, to itch a little bit because 
I've always been an entrepreneur, right? So my studies, I never had like a, a job as an employee. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that, you know, if you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur, like it's your pension is a lot more or less, you know, the the state is going to help you a lot less than, than if you're an employee or a, a civil servant. And so I started looking into the, you know, the financials of the pension system that we have in Belgium, and it just didn't look that great. So, so I kind of wanted to take matters into my own hands. And from that point on, I, uh, yeah, I started reading a lot. Um, so I picked up some books, you know, kind of the, the classic, let's say, in personal finance. A lot of it's, you know, very US centric, of course, but at least it taught me the, you know, the fundamentals, like all the different types of investments you can do. And I came to the conclusion that index investing would be the best, the best way of investing for me. And so, uh, so that's how I started. Okay. Can I ask how old you are, uh, Joran? I mean, you're not a woman, so I can ask it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah, of course. I'm 32. 32. So isn't that young to think about pension and retirement? I mean, it's, you know, it's so far, uh, so far away. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, like, you know, I I didn't want to be in a position where, you know, I'm 50 and then, you know, maybe too late. So I wanted to at least be prepared for, you know, for for my future, let's say, you know, for for my long term future. Yeah, very good. You went through the literature, you you read a lot, and then you you concluded that okay, ETFs are the best way to prepare for that retirement, uh, to secure financial future. So why is ETF the, the one of the best options? I mean, there's people investing in individual stocks, there's real estate, there's crypto. <laughs> so uh, maybe four years ago, well, actually, yeah, four years ago, it was already quite a hype especially four years ago in December 2017. But so why did you choose uh, ETFs, actually? Um, well, first of all, you know, real estate, for instance, is a, is a potential alternative. Like, but then I didn't have that much money to put down as a deposit. I also didn't want to invest in a house where I knew, like I was, you know, I wanted to maintain my freedom to be able to move, you know, different places, different countries. Um, crypto, funny story, actually, I... In 2012, I was the owner of 110 bitcoins. Oh my god! <laughs> I was quite quite early with it. Unfortunately, I yeah, I I, st- I still own some of it, but I, I sold uh, most of it during like all the different peaks and and downturns that have happened since uh, 2012. So mm-hmm. so I mean, at that time, like I was a bit disillusioned with the crypto kind of crypto idea. Um, individual stocks, I tried it. And I had burned myself with it, uh, not with a lot of money, but I just realized like, okay, if I want to do this really well, I need to spend a lot of time, you know, reading a quarterly reports of companies and so on. I just like, I just didn't want to spend my time doing that. Um, and even then, like, you know, the more I read into it, the more I saw that even if you do all that stuff, you know, the, the active management, you do it well, like the odds are still against you anyway. So that's why, you know, in the end, ETF investing is, is relatively like low barrier to entry, you know, with a little bit of money you can get started. The fees are okay. There's a whole history track, like super long track record of, of proven results and, you know, investing in, in traditional financial markets of, of stocks, equities, and, and bonds. Um, so yeah, all this together made it that for me, that was the, like the best, the best way. Yes, of course I see it. And then maybe just for the listeners and you, you never know, sometimes there's first times listeners. An ETF, uh, can you give a definition and maybe make a difference with uh, index fund? Is that different, uh, Yoran? 
No, so, so th that is the same. An index fund is, is pretty much the same as an ETF. The the only difference is the like the legal wrapping of it. So an ETF stands for exchange traded fund. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's basically an index fund that's traded on the stock exchange. So instead of um, you know going directly to a fund provider, let's say Vanguard or, or iShares, that's uh, like if you buy an index fund, you go directly to the fund provider. Uh, if you buy an ETF, you buy it on a stock exchange from you know another trader. But like in, in practical means, like it doesn't really change change much. And the the basic idea behind it is that instead of you know you, you basically buy the whole market. Index fund is a way to buy the entire market. So you know when you make an investment, you you make a bet. Um, you make a bet that the value of the thing that you're investing in is going to rise in the in the future. With index investing, the bet I think is very simple: is you bet on the continued growth of the global economy on average. Yeah. You look at the history of the last, you know, since basically the, you know, the industrial revolution. Us as in our society, we've become more and more productive year on year. Uh, we've continued to innovate year on year, and on average, you know, the our productivity made that we just create more and more value per hour every year. And so, bet in index fund is basically a bet on on us, you know, continuing to innovate as a as a society. Mm -hmm. And Joran, you know, we always say that past performance doesn't guarantee future performance in the world of investing. So. I think you made good points, but is that a guarantee for the future? Because the economy right now, with the pandemic, with the inflation, with the supply chain issues that we are facing, does it still make sense to to invest in a global index fund? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, passport does not, you know, guarantee, and something bad can happen, of mm -hmm. course. But I think that you know the problems we're seeing right now, for me, they're like you know short-term issues, and we will overcome them. I'm really optimist in that sense that you know whenever us as as humans were confronted with a problem in the end we you know managed to find a solution and you know when you look at even recent history in the 20th century we've you know we've had massive crises yeah. uh you know two world wars which are uh much much worse than you know the coronavirus that we're seeing right now and we've managed to overcome those as well so you know i'm very optimistic in that sense Okay, very good. <laughs> and you're 32, so you know uh, when you'll be 65, uh, 70, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it should be, you, you still have time to, to uh, how can I say, withstand the crash or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the you know point of having a, a long investment horizon. Mm -hmm. And then one, one question I have on ETFs, because, you know, if you listen or read the American literature, uh, like The Simple Path to Wealth, which I believe you have read as well, and and all the fire blogs, which are in English, but mostly uh, from the US. I mean, mo most of them, they advocate to invest in index funds and in the S&P 500. Some also advise to have a total market fund. But what, what would you say is the best here? Because as well, maybe there are some uh, excellent European ETFs or what should we do here? Yeah, so, so first of all, as Europeans, from tax point of view, it's makes most sense to invest in ETFs that are offered by European you know, fund providers. Yes. But that doesn't mean that uh, those funds themselves cannot invest in the whole world. I personally invest uh, as diversified as possible. I know some people say, oh, you know, I want to invest just in the US because you know, the S&P 500 has outperformed um, the total stock market like the last 40 years. But again, there as well, like past performance does not, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
there's no guarantee future performance. And I think the America, the performance of the American stock market last 40 years has been pretty exceptional. Um, and there's, yeah, there's, you know, there's no reason that the next 40 years is going to be the same. And so I, I really, I really believe in, in, you know, globally diversified portfolio and like diversify as much as possible. So that includes, you know, US, Europe, like developed nation, and also emerging, emerging nations, like Brazil, Taiwan, and India and China. And, and that is perfectly possible with funds that are available to us in, in Europe. So, so basically, if I understand correctly, we should look for a world ETF. Uh, I mean, if that fits with our strategy, of course, and we have done our research, but we should look for such a fund provided by a European fund provider, basically. Yes, yes. Or like the big ones in Europe, um, yeah, Vanguard, iShares, those are American companies, but they have legal entities in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so when you look for those funds, you can tell by the, uh, so every fund is uniquely identified with an ISIN code. It's like a, a international standard. And the first two letters of the ISIN code indicates where the uh, fund is registered, where, it, where it's domiciled. And so if you see, for instance, in uh, US, you know, I start with US and, you know, it's an American fund. And for us from Europe, that's from a tax point of view, it's not very advantageous. And so mostly the funds are located in Ireland and Luxembourg. Yeah. So you would look for IE and uh, LU. Yes, because I think this is also um, a big advice for Belgians. Uh, I think there's uh, quite some Belgians listening. It's to uh, look for the Irish domiciled funds due to the tax regulations, which is more advantageous than the U.S. fund because then you they don't pay. Uh, I mean, I think there's a zero percent if the fund is domiciled in Ireland or something. Yeah, there's a weird. Ireland has a special tax treaty with the U.S., mm -hmm. which makes that you don't pay um, like funds registered there don't pay withholding tax on the dividends. Yeah, and Luxembourg has a similar structure. That's why that's why the funds themselves are located there. Indeed, and talking about um, taxation, one important thing. Depending on, of course, each and everyone's strategy, there's there are some funds uh, that uh, you because you mentioned dividends, there are some funds, global funds that distribute a dividend and some not. Which one should we look at, uh, Jaron? Yes, indeed. So those are the two types are um, distributing funds and accumulating funds. And the difference, indeed, is that when you have a distributing fund, then you as an investor perceive the dividends, uh, you know, once a quarter. And the issue there in Belgium is that those dividends are taxed as 30%. And so you basically lose, you know, 30% of your dividend income to, uh, to the Belgian taxman. Mm -hmm. Accumulating funds are way around that. So with an accumulating fund, the dividends actually stay within the funds and they are directly reinvested in, in the fund. And so you, you still get the benefits of the reinvested dividends, but you don't have to pay any tax on that. Okay, so so that's quite important. So if uh, this is part of your strategy, look for the uh, accumulative fund. Huh? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, okay, very good. Uh, and then, um, of course, you, you obviously look now at ETF, uh, world ETF yourself, but so you don't have any other type of investment to complement that, or you really only 100% uh, ETFs? No, so I do have some crypto now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do invest in some. I have a small like part of my portfolio in, in crypto. Okay, okay. That, that, that sounds good. And any particular advice or tips there on, on crypto? Or why did you jump back into it? Yeah, so so the reason I initially got into Bitcoin like very, quite, quite early on 
was because I I really believed in Bitcoin as like a, you know a future currency. Mm-hmm. I'd read the uh, you know the the famous white paper, and I was just blown away. Like someone had created this, you know, had perfectly married economics with crypto, with mathematics, with computer science, and, and created this you know this beautiful system. Uh, that's the Bitcoin system, and still you know still standing nowadays unhacked, which is incredibly impressive. But so I really believe like, okay, this is, you know, this really could be a future of the, you know, a future currency that completely bypasses all the traditional systems. And I thought, especially for international transfers, this could be, you know, very useful when you think about, for instance, there's a lot of, you know, migrant workers who, you know, work in the EU and you, or in the US and who, you know, still send money back to their home country, to their family. Now they just lose out so much money on, on just, you know, using Western Union on the fees mm-hmm. and so on. And like that, for me, that was just one obvious application of, of Bitcoin. And so as, you know, as years passed, um, this didn't come true. As we know now, Bitcoin is, is just inherently deflationary, which means that uh, holding it or spending it as a currency just doesn't make any sense because its value just keeps yes, increasing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I, yeah, I just became a bit disillusioned. I was like, okay, this is, you know, like for me, that was the reason why it was so attractive. And now it's just become like, you know, digital gold. But then, you know, after a few years, you had like, you know, different, the, the idea of blockchain kind of took hold. And, you know, you saw things like Ethereum coming up and like all the different applications, which use the blockchain just beyond its its financial use case, but really, you know, use as basically a, a a large decentralized distributed database mm-hmm. and i saw some you know definitely some potential so i uh, yeah that's why you know i started reading up on it a little more and uh, said okay you know this is a bet i'm willing to take to you know allocate a you know a small percentage of my of my portfolio to this thing that is obviously growing very fast i still think it has so much to prove and I still see a non, you know, non-zero probability of of the value of the industry as uh, as a whole to uh, to go down. But yeah, so so that's what you know. It's it's basically a bet I wanted to uh, I wanted to make. Cause yeah, sure. What if I'm you know what if those people are right? Yeah, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so high risk, high return, and yeah, why not take a, a small part of your portfolio and bet on it? Actually, yeah, why not? Exactly. I mean, I have a little bit as well. So uh, not too much neither, but okay, I um, I put a bit every month. Uh, okay, let's see how it goes. It, it's, it doesn't change my life, uh, so it's not life-changing amounts, but if it explodes, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's funny that I, I invest in the same way as we would do like traditional investment in the sense that I, I apply like the passive investment principles to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I created my own like top 10 cryptos. And then weighted by market cap, and so as like an allocation, and every month like you know I calculate okay you know the allocation is this much, so then I invest uh, according to that allocation. So I basically created I invested like an index fund for cryptos. Yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, and then one thing before I'm looking at um, Curvo is it's very Belgian. So my apologies to the international listeners, but I think this is quite important and quite helpful to understand. Uh, for the Belgian listeners in uh, Belgium, uh, with regards to pension uh, spot, and I was going to say, but uh, to uh, to saving for retirement, we have two tools. 
uh, that uh, the government has put at, at our disposition. That is the um, branch 21 and branch 23. So these are two ways to, to save for retirement. And then uh, there's quite some uh, tax advantage to it. But then I was wondering if investing in an ETF is better than to put uh, some of your hard-earned money into one of those, let's say, investment vehicles. So what is your take on that, uh, Joran? I did a simulation two years ago because I was, yeah, I was very curious about the answer to this question myself. And so I simulated three scenarios. Uh, one where you um, save in a uh into in branch 21 branch 21 funds the second way you invest in a branch 23 funds and the third way you passively invest in a portfolio i forget i think it was a 50 50 like equity bond portfolio mm -hmm. um so fairly traditional and I, I i tried to take a very complete picture so i took into account the you know transaction taxes that you have i took into account the fiscal advantage that you have with with uh, the government uh, subsidized way of saving. I took into account the 8% tax you have to pay at the end when you turn 60 and mm -hmm. to get a really, um, you know, kind of accurate, accurate picture. And then first thing that I ruled out was the branch 21. The, the problem is that the, the returns are so low that very quickly you're better off either doing uh, branch 23 or or passive investing because yeah it's it's, it's so the money is it's, it's kind of like a slightly better savings account that follows inflation or maybe not even so it's it's really bad and like the problem with branch or like pension saving the the belgian pension saving system is that you cannot touch the money until you're 60 yeah unless you know you pay a big penalty and so that by default, you're you're looking at a, a very long investment horizon if you're you know 30 or 40 whatever, and um, and so that's why the branch 21 doesn't doesn't make much sense for anyone who is not like you know in their 50s, let's say. And then branch 23, it, it's harder because so those are in branch 23, your money is actually invested in funds. Um, so the, the money is invested in bonds and, and stocks and like uh, there's tons of large banks, also insurance companies that sell different funds. They'll have like different uh, risk profiles. So you have, you know, defensive funds, mm -hmm. uh, invest more in bonds or like and also more offensive funds that invest more in stocks. There are some regulations into uh, how your money can be invested. So the state says, for instance, you know, it puts constraints of how much can be invested in non-European stocks and, and so on. And so I took a basically a, a random, not a random, I took a pension saving plan fund that I had invested in from uh, Belfius, um, which was an offensive one. And so I looked at its you know, historical performance and I compared it with investing in ETFs. And I came to the conclusion that the ETFs was more attractive after 15 years. Okay. So so it gave you this, uh, I mean, usual return that we usually see is that between 7-8% after inflation or uh, the ETF, huh? Yes. Yes, exactly. And so up until 15 years, the the fiscal advantage actually is is more important than the than the high return that you would get passive investing and then you know the lower fees you pay but then okay. after 15 years like that kind of takes over and, and and from then on you know the exponential growth of of the higher return just makes it that you're better off passively investing from that point that point on 
Okay, but then then does it make sense then to even maybe invest in both, like to have this uh, branch 21 or TAC or branche 21 and or 23 in addition to ETF investing? Or do you say, look, uh, just, just go for a, a world ETF and uh, just chill and uh, just think about that and you will be better off then? Yeah, it's 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 uh, the difference is not that big, mm -hmm. and some people just feel like it, you can see like you know discussions when we posted this as well, like on the, you know various communities that for many people there's like a sense of safety. Yeah, exactly. If they do it in the branch 23, they're like, oh, I like to you know I like to fill that up before I do anything else, and like that's that's perfectly fine. I think as long as you don't invest in you know branch 21, mm -hmm. um, but you do it in the branch 23 funds. I think that's, you know, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And then, of course, now I'm interested because you have a quite a short number of years of investing and then you already developed your app. So uh, what was the journey there on um, creating Curvo? I mean, what what was the, the, the thinking? Why Curvo? And then, uh, I mean, how did you uh, manage to create Curvo? Sure. So, so if we go back to you know 2017 when I had read all those books, they were mostly, uh, yeah, American literature, and you know then you confront it with the question of how do I translate all this knowledge to uh, Belgium? <laughs> to Belgium, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it, it took quite a long time. Like I had to you know find blogs, like some of the communities that we are now have now on Reddit and and on on Facebook as well, the Fire Belgium community. Like they didn't exist yet, unfortunately. So it was really like kind of, you know, a smorgasbord of, of resources that to find out how to, you know, what funds to, I could invest in, how the taxes work, what broker I should use, you know, what brokers are there available. And so, you know, there, there was like, it took a long time to, to do that, to figure yeah. that out. <laughs> and so while I was doing that, I was actually, I wrote um, some articles on my personal blog because I wanted to help the, you know, the, the new Belgian passive investor to, to get started. And so, yeah, while I was doing that, I was like, you know, this is this is way too complicated. Like, <laughs> there are way too many obstacles, barriers for, for someone who doesn't know much about finance, but still wants to solve this problem. Like, only, seems like only the super interested, the super motivated people. Nerds. You know, strong, <laughs> yeah, nerds who have a lot of confidence in themselves, like, they are able to do it. But at the same time, I thought this is such a powerful tool. Like, you know, I really think... Our generation mm -hmm. um, and the ones after us, they're, they're facing a very scary financial future. Just when you look at how the, the pension system is set up in Belgium, it's, it doesn't seem very sustainable considering the, the big changes in demographics uh, that are happening. Yeah. So I thought it was a super important you know, tool, like passive investing. It's, it's an important tool to, to, uh, to secure our, our financial future. And so then, yeah, then came the idea of like, okay, let's let's make it easy for everyone. You know, let's let's build a tool that takes away all the complexities, all those decisions, all that knowledge you have to acquire. Like, there's no need. Like, it should be it should be much easier and shouldn't be limited to just you know people that are time rich or very interested or you know very motivated. Yeah, very cool. And so then you created this product with with your colleague Thomas. Yeah. So Thomas is my. Um, friend from from school, so from mm -hmm. uh, knowing each other since we were like 13, and we uh, after our studies, we actually started a company, first company together uh, called Sutori. And uh, you know, he was you know, was very much in the same boat as me. Okay, cool. And so that's how we uh, 
Yeah, we said we, we'd start. So we first started toying with the idea like three years ago now. And at first we were working on it just one day a week, just to, you know, kind of explore the idea, do the first, you know, the first research. Because obviously there's, yeah, it takes it takes a lot of effort to build a, a company in, in the financial industry, which is, you know, very regulated. Exactly, yeah. It's quite a challenge. But uh, yeah, after two and a half years, we finally were able to launch it. <laughs> No, that's cool. And so, for example, if I'm interested, look, I uh, listen to this podcast and I'm thinking, uh, is it, uh, well, you have one question, is it only for Belgians? I suppose so. Or fiscal residents in Belgium, at least? Yes, indeed. Indeed. So you have to be uh, indeed fiscal resident in Belgium. You don't have to be Belgian. Mm -hmm. uh, we get a lot of uh, expats as well. It's in Curva now. But uh, yeah, so, so we, we do think the problem is European. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem of, you know, the pension crisis uh, for millennials, we believe that most governments in Western Europe, at least, they, you know, they, they kind of have a similar, similar system. So we all s suffer from the same thing. But yeah, I mean, it was already very complicated to launch it in Belgium. Mm -hmm. It's, um, there's a lot of practical issues that come into play in terms of taxation, in terms of KYC regulations. For instance, now we use It's Me. Yeah. Uh, to identify a customer when they first sign up. It's me does not exist in, in, I mean, they're starting now in Holland, but like in most other countries, it, it doesn't exist. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done to be able to launch in another country. Although, we, you know, we'd love to, like, that's our ambition uh, over the next few years. But for now, we're focused on Belgium. Okay, very good. And so, yeah, I was um, thinking, yeah, if I'm a potential customer, I'm interested, look, I want to invest It sounds good to have it um, to remove all those decisions about which ETF, which uh, which app, which uh, broker, etc. So I go to um, Curvo. So are you? Can I consider you as a licensed broker, just like Bolero or a Bug Zero or a, yeah, I don't know, like a bank? Or how do I need to consider your, you? Yes. So we work together with um, a Dutch partner mm -hmm. called NNEK. Yeah. And so they uh, they handle the investments part. And we are basically the, the front, the customer facing um, app. So we, we do the communication to the customer. We develop the app that integrates all the technical infrastructure of our, of our partner, NNEK. But in the end, uh, NNEK has, you know, they've been around since 1986. They're a big player in, Belgium, in, the, in the Netherlands. Uh, they have all the licenses there. And they, uh, they also manage the, the custodian. And so basically your assets are, are safe with them. Yeah, that's good. And then, for example, look, I say, look, I want to put uh, 200, 300 euros every month aside to invest in ETFs. So so how do, does that work? Do I need to choose an ETF? Do we need to choose? A, am I helped? I mean, do I get support or uh, am I still on my own to look for the right ETF that I think is interesting for me? Yes. So the way it works, the basic premise is that we really want to remove all decision points mm -hmm. fr from the process. So you you download the app. So the app is you know, available on the App Store, on the Play Store, on Android. And the first step is to sign up with It's Me. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, we have you know, all, your, all your legal information. Then we ask you a series of questions where we try to determine uh, what type of investor you are. So also, like, what are your goals uh, for investing? How long do you want to invest for? What's your tolerance, risk for toler uh, tolerance for risk, sorry. What's your capacity for taking risk and so on. So we ask you a bunch of questions. Based on that, we assign you with the best portfolio that matches you. So we have five model portfolios, each with a different 
uh, stock to bond ratio that corresponds to a different risk profile. Yeah, like goals. dynamic, aggressive, or uh, conservative, this kind of uh, profile. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, and then you can get started. So as soon as you're, you have to wait like uh, one or two days until your account is approved mm -hmm. uh, because they're very strong regulations around uh, anti-money laundering and so on. So our partners at NEK do a, a series of checks around that. Sure. And then, um, and then you can start start saving. So you can either do a one-off transfer. So you just you know do a bank transfer to your uh, Curvo account. The moment that the money is received, it's invested according to your portfolio. The portfolio is also uh, rebalanced. And another thing that we worked on really hard to offer is um, di uh, direct debits. So we believe, you know, we really want to encourage good saving habits, and we yes. believe the best. Saving habit is when it just happens automatically. automatically. You don't have to exactly, have to think about it. So, we we offer a system of uh, direct debit, so you can just choose the amount you want, and then every first of the month, that amount is debited from your account and automatically invested for your current your portfolio. Of course, you can edit the amounts whenever you want. You can revoke it whenever you want. Um, it's super flexible. Okay, very good. And then the question everybody wants to know: How much does it cost? Of course, no. So it's a it's a one percent um, all in fee on on your total investments per year. Okay, so if I invest uh, ten thousand dollars dollars, ten thousand euros a year, it's a uh, hundred euros or uh, yes, yeah, yes, okay. exactly, yes, yeah. Your one, uh, I think that seems quite interesting. And uh, so you just launched the, the I mean the the platform, the app, in October. So. How is the feedback so far? I mean, of course, it's not long-term investors yet, but uh, how is the feedback so far and what are the plans for the developments for the future? Yeah, so far it's been it's been very good, actually. We really felt like we've hit a nerve with some people. Okay, good. Um, we felt like, you know, people were, like they felt, they, they really felt they there was something they wanted to do, but they were just lost on on on, on what to do. Yeah, uh, they just didn't know, and so I think for them, Curvo has has been really good. We, yeah, we're quite lucky to get picked up by the uh, Le Soir. So we had an article um, in Le Soir in the newspaper, and also we uh, last week we're on uh, On est pas des pigeons, it's on the TV show, and so yeah, so far we've grown to 200 uh, customers. Yeah, good. The goal now is really to get as much feedback as possible. So uh, my colleagues, uh, they're calling every single customer that signs up. Um, people are quite surprised when we call them because <laughs> people don't expect that. Yes, sure. <laughs> but overall, the you know people are very happy. And for us, it's really the best way just to get feedback. Like any kind of confusion, you know, we we unearth it during during that call. Anything that went well. And so now we're really in the phase of. You know, really um, improving the the signup process because it is quite long. It's quite complicated. Yeah. So we want to, you know, have it top notch. And the next thing we're gonna we're kind of gonna work on is um, more like uh, goal setting. You know, we want to help customers determine how much they can safely save. You know, every month because that's not that's number one question we see now is like, okay, you know, like you offer this. Uh, direct debit, for instance, but how do I know how much I can save? And I think, you know, providing the tools, providing kind of the, the basic thinking uh, on how to determine that is, you know, one of the things we're going to work on over the next few few months. Okay, well, that sounds exciting. Uh, and then, uh, Yaron, maybe to, to close a bit, 
One question I have is, of course, Curvo seems interesting and I think it can help people who have decided to invest. Uh, but then my question is more, um, even before choosing for Curvo or another option, uh, what would you recommend to people in general before they start investing? I mean, what would you say are the first step to, to manage their money better? Yes. So one thing that's helped me a lot is basically do a, a quick like income expenses balance. You know, take like a year and then look at how, how much is your income every month on average. Then how much uh, are you spending every month? Try, try to be as, as conservative and as, uh, as complete as possible. So, uh, of course, like you have your rent, your food, etc. But, you know, you, now it's Christmas time. And so most <laughs> people spend a lot on gifts for, for mm -hmm. people. And like, so all those little things kind of add up, you know, so try to be very complete. And then, you know, when you just make the simple subtraction, then you know what is your saving capacity? How much can you, you know, safely save every month without really cutting in, in your own fingers? And from then on, it's important to build a, a buffer, you know, to build like some money on the savings accounts that you can tap into, uh, you know, if you run into any, any problems, you have like your car breaks down, you have, you know, a large expense. And, and I think, you know, just making the simple, simple calculation is something that not many people do. And I think a lot more people should do it just because it gives you a lot more visibility. It forces you to think, okay, like, you know, how much am I really spending every month? And like, what is, yeah, it just, it gives you the visibility and it gives you more confidence that, you know, when you're saving, like you're saving the right amount. Or I think that's, yeah, that's, that's what I, advice I would give. No, very good. Very good advice. And it's something that, uh, People can start uh, immediately or at least <laughs> in the coming days if they are not doing it yet. So it's a very actionable. So I like it. So Yeran, we have come at the end of the show and I want to thank you again for sharing your stories and your insights, your tips, and as well the comparison with the uh, retirement savings uh, account in Belgium. I think that's quite helpful as well. E even for me, not, I mean, I am Belgian, but I don't live in Belgium right now. I live in Luxembourg. But still, it's interesting as well for me to exchange with uh, with uh, any listeners or even family. So that's quite good. And then uh, before I let you go, Joran, uh, we always have, as you know, our three quick fire questions. So uh, are you ready for it? Yes. Okay, very good. So the number one question is always, what has been your best investment so far? I would say Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. Very good. Can you share numbers on the return you have gotten on the, your first Bitcoins? Or uh... Yeah, so it gave me a uh, 100x. Oh, I wow. <laughs> yeah. I always say to friends or whoever, you know, oh, yeah, if I had Bitcoin in 2013 or 14, yes, of course, I would have made a lot of money, but I don't know if I would have had the, the right psychology to, to hold or to huddle. Uh, for so long, because maybe I would have said, uh, let's, I don't know the, the value of Bitcoin then by heart, but I mean, let's say it was $100 and let's say it goes to $500. Maybe I would have sold it and buy some and, and bought something nice with it. I don't know. Huh? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what happened to me. Like over the, you know, I, yeah. I sold like, you know, way, way too early, you know, when the first, the first big crash, when it went up to $250 and then crashed to 50 you know, most people don't remember that, but <laughs> I don't remember it very clearly. But I, I mean, it is kind of a trick question because I think that's, you know, I think there's a difference between investment and speculation. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And and Bitcoin was definitely, you know, speculation. So. Yes. And I, uh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. 
Um, and then the number two question is, uh, is there a book that you can recommend to anyone? It does not need to be a financial book, but a book that you say, look, guys, read this. Yeah, I read a book last summer, um, which is called, it's, it's written by a Dutch author. It's called In Europa. Mm -hmm. uh, so in Europe, it's also been translated into, into English. And it's, I found it fascinating. So the author is a historian. And so basically for the turn of the century, it was written in early 2000. He, uh, he basically traveled throughout Europe and throughout the 20th century, he went to the places that were, you know, most, most important for, for that time. And so it's really like a beautifully taught history of 20th century Europe. Um, and I, I learned so much that I didn't know before. And like, it's really a big, I think it's like 800, 900 pages, if I remember correctly. But I read it so fast because he, yeah, he just writes so well. And I, I thought it was, it was really fascinating. Um, and so I, as a European, you know, I, I strongly, strongly believe in the European project. And so I'm definitely a European uh, in that sense. So I, I just thought it was, yeah, definitely one of the best books I've read in the last few years. Okay, that sounds good as well to to evade yourself as well and to understand more about the history. I think that uh, sounds cool. And then the last question is, um, we talked about investing, but not about buying stuff. So is there um, a purchase you can recommend for below 100 euros? Um, this is my, my personal recommendation. So I was going to say cocktail glassware. Okay. It's kind of out of the blue, but I really enjoy making cocktails. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think when you put, you know, you put a drink, even if the drink itself is not so nice, like you put it in a nice <laughs> glass, it just instantly tastes way better. <laughs> and uh, you may realize, like me and my girlfriend, we bought some some nice glassware uh, lately, and it's it's really not expensive, and it's so underrated. I feel like I think most people don't like underinvest in in nice glassware, and it's you know it doesn't cost much money, and it just makes everything look so much nicer. So, so you buy a nice glass, isn't that marketing? I mean, you buy a nice glass and it tastes better. I mean, <laughs> it's the same stuff. Yeah, but it's like, you know, when you go to a, it's the experience. a restaurant, <laughs> yeah, the presentation is so much nicer and it, you know, it definitely affects, you know, it definitely affects your, your senses, like the way something looks. Um, yeah, I'm sure it does, like, you know, from a psychological point of view. Yes, it, it does. I mean, just imagine drinking a, a, red, a nice uh, Bordeaux wine in a plastic cup, I mean, you will, uh, you will not enjoy it, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, very good, uh, Joran. So we've talked about the Curvo app, um, but where can the listeners find you? Is that Curvo.eu or on the Apple Store? And then I guess you have some social medias where people can find you as well and reach out. Yeah, so our main website, yeah, Curvo.eu, C-U-R-V-O.eu. Uh, we are on the App Store and the Play Store, but like so, the links are also from the from the website. We, uh, my personally, I'm a lot on Twitter, so my handle is just my name, Joran Bronsema. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions about you know Curva or anything about investing, whatever, you can always email me, uh, Joran at Curva.eu. And you don't have to be Belgian to to email uh, Joran. Huh? You don't have to be Belgian. No. I'll still <laughs> reply if you're not Belgian. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, Joran, it was a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for coming and uh, yeah, showing you, I mean, um, and sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you found it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go through the key takeaways for today.
Number one, why should you start investing? Well, the interest on your bank account is close to zero, especially in Europe, and the inflation is eating away at all your savings, especially now. Investing is also a way to take your finances into your own hands and to prepare for retirement. It's even more important for entrepreneurs who do not benefit from the same advantages as salaried employees. Number two, ETFs and index funds. So ETFs and index funds, they're pretty much the same. The legal wrapping differs, as Jorn explained. And the main difference is that you buy an ETF on the stock exchange, eh, like any other stocks throughout the day. And for the index funds, you go directly to the fund provider. Investing in ETFs means a relatively low barrier to entry, low fees, and a long track record of proven results. You're essentially buying the whole market, so you're instantly diversified. You're betting on the continued growth of the whole economy. In short, you're betting on us to continue to innovate and create value as a society. Here are a few pro tips. So look at ETFs offered by European fund providers. Vanguard or iShares have, for example, branches here in Europe, so you can contact them. You can look at the two first letter of the ISIN code. This will help you identify the country where the fund originates from. For example, we have LU for Luxembourg or IE for Ireland, for instance. And actually, you should look for those two countries to avoid a withholding tax on dividends. And an additional tip, if you live in Belgium, look for an accumulative fund. Because then the dividends are reinvested and you will avoid Belgian taxation. There are, of course, other ways of investing uh, than ETFs and uh, index funds. Crypto, real estate, index funds, you name it. They all have their pros and cons. But Euron was looking for simplicity and flexibility. And then ETFs or index funds are the best option. Number three, Belgian life insurance products. So yes, as uh, Euron's calculation showed, well, forget about branch 21. Uh, the returns are not worth it. Putting your money in a branch 23 life insurance may offer a better return. But in the long run, you know, the 15-year example, ETFs will remain a more attractive investment. Number four, Curvo. So yeah, the goal of this platform is to help Belgians to start investing because it can be complicated for a non-super motivated individual. We're not talking about the nerds like me who are uh, doing the research anyway and reading books and whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay, joke aside, passive investing is really an important tool to secure a solid financial future. Huh? So yeah, the idea behind Curvo is really to make a simple tool that helps automating your savings. And no, I'm not uh, sponsored or anything by uh, Curvo, but I'm really excited about anything that can uh, help and make it easy for people to invest better or to get started when investing at all. And then last but not least, the first steps to manage your money better. You can do a quick income expense balance for the last year. You can see what is your income this month, what are your expenses, make it complete and be conservative. And then uh, you make the simple subtraction and then you can determine what you can save. This is very simple and it will create visibility in your finances. And then from the savings you see at the end of the month, this will help you build a buffer uh, or a, an emergency fund, as we say. And once you have a couple of months saved, well, then you can start investing. And why not with Curvo if you live in Belgium? <laughs> so that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me if you have any questions or feedback. Send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.